This is Gary. I'm Shangar. And you're listening to The Bar. And on today's episode, we have Geeks in Malaysia. Malaysia. Hello. Hello. Welcome to our show. Hi, this is Geeks in Malaysia. We're here with uh, The Bar. Kale. <laughs> How do you guys feel? Oh, we're doing good. We're doing good. We should get them to do the introductions. Yeah, tell us about yourself. Hi, yes. My name is Amelia and I am the uh, female geek at Geeks in Malaysia. I'm an actor, mainly dabbling in screenwriting and yeah. I'm Nate Dorian. I'm one of the male geeks on Geeks in Malaysia. So gendered. <laughs> I'm currently a bartender, nice. former performer and actor, and full-time geek. Hi, I'm Kyle Mbaha. I make <laughs> stuff, film stuff, shoot stuff, record stuff. Is that it? That's your intro? Yeah, that's pretty much it, really. Yes. Good enough. <laughs> a lot of which, a lot of his stuff is on YouTube. So if you just Google Kyle Mbaha or Kaimano, yes, you can Kai find Mano. it. Kaimano. All the stuff from the Kaimanos. Yes. yes. Have you seen some of Kai's films, by the way? I haven't, to be oh, honest. It's on Kinidia. I, I might have yeah. already, yeah. You should. Plug for Kinidia as well, oh, Justin, yes. if you're listening. Tell us about Geeks in Malaysia. So, like, very quick one. When we started a bar and I stumbled upon yours, and I think Gary knew about it before, I was like, gosh, this is amazing. Like, the screen junkies of Malaysia. So, I've always looked at you guys in that light, right? You guys are the representation of pop culture in Malaysia right now. But tell us about how you got started. Wow, first off, you're way too kind. Yeah, way too kind. <laughs> Ooh, giving um, us too much credit. But yeah, I mean, it started basically because Amelia is very good at <laughs> implanting ideas in a head like a virus. I'm the inceptionist. Yes. Yeah, one day she just came up to me and said, we should do a podcast with Nick called Geeks in Malaysia and then ran away. Yeah. Because <laughs> before that, uh, Amelia and I were doing a podcast for a website called Wham! We are Malaysian made. Yeah. Because I was really getting into Kevin Smith's podcast and just podcasts in general. Mm. So I wanted to do one and I really liked having chats with her. Mm. So we thought of doing that. And then from there, it turned into this. Yeah. Some you know? geeky things. Because I mean, we bonded over Doctor Who. Entire podcast started out with like Doctor Who. And you're the OG, right? We were around when there were only like a handful of podcasts in Malaysia. Malaysia. Like podcasts wasn't really a thing in Malaysia yeah. at that point. There was uh, Make Yap and Fries. That was Yap the other Fries, yeah. big movie podcast as well. But and then BFM were putting up episodes of their interviews as mm. podcasts. Yeah. It was back when the podcasting was still the it was like wild, wild west. 2012. Yes. 12. 12. 12. Yeah. yeah. Wow. That's amazing. Yeah, you're going to celebrate your 10-year anniversary next year, right? I mean, technically, we took a break for a while because mm. someone... Off. For four years. Yeah, there was this abrupt hiatus. We tried to get other people, but just the dynamics were just not the same. Yeah. yeah. Which one of you <laughs> went away? It was me. Oh. I went to the concrete jungle that was Singapore and just disappeared into the wilderness and became Bigfoot, according to Kai. Yeah. <laughs> we didn't know what was going on. And then one day he just suddenly reappeared whilst I was shooting Kickflip. And uh, it was one of those things like, are you going to ask? I'm not going to ask. Who should ask? Someone should ask. Someone yeah. should say something. Yeah. We brought it up and we're like, should we do Geeks in Malaysia again? I was like, yes. Yeah. So, okay. Okay yep. then. So and now then, here we are again. Yep. So you brought the band back together after a short while. Now that's amazing and so good to see you guys. Uh, Thank you. And we knew that we were going to have a DC fandom episode. You're we, the only guys we thought about. Yeah. That we wanted to collaborate with you guys. Yeah. Oh. But I have to bring you guys on board because his knowledge of DC is like, 
that. So <laughs> I'll be talking to myself. That's what he means. <laughs> I see a different picture. Like you guys saw in the first part uh, of it, you know, the questions I have are different, not so much on the details itself, but yeah. what's... No, but I love to geek out. I mean, I would love to ponder the question is, you know, Batman mentally challenged, but <laughs> yeah. at the same time, <laughs> I just want to geek out on the fun stuff as well. <laughs> Wait, did you say is Batman mentally challenged? <laughs> no, like back to part one, right? <laughs> like a developmental disability? <laughs> yeah, like does he have mental health issues? Yeah, mental health issues, yes. Gary. It's a very different question to mentally challenged. Gary. So that's on Gary. He's going to have to correct this one. Fine line. Yeah, I, I'm not involved. Fine line. I, I, I walked into that one. Is Batman on the spectrum? <laughs> but he's on a spectrum. Anyway, DC fandom, what do you guys think about it? So, no, we have to first say this is part two of part one. So, if you want to catch part one, tune in to Geeks. They came out the week before our episode drops. So, what we're going to cover in this episode is completely different from what they cover. Mm-hmm. Yep, that was one hour long and, you know, full on getting yeah. in depth in what was happening. And this mm-hmm. one's going to be more of a bigger picture take on it. Yeah. So, let's dive into the other things we didn't get to talk about in your episode. Sandman. Ooh. The trailer dropped in a week before. Ooh. We yeah. got to show us the picture of Lucifer. Mm. Oh. Gwendolyn Christie as oh. Lucifer. I'm excited oh. for that. Like, okay, when the trailer dropped, I mean, first off, I got to say, and I think this is for most people that discovered Sandman. Like, mm. for me, I discovered Sandman in high school mm. uh, when I was studying in England. And I was always into comics, but that was my entry into non-superhero comics Mm. you know and it was a huge change like in my perception of what the comics medium could be you know because it was like okay like I've always loved comics always loved to draw comics but I didn't know it could be poetic Mm. I didn't know it could be Mm. like real powerful fiction Mm. the way that Sandman was just the thought of them doing a live action was I gotta admit I was a bit nervous you know knowing that Neil Gaiman is a part of it helps to ease it but I was very nervous until I saw that first trailer And it looks nuts. In fact, my only criticism that I would have about the whole thing is the fact that Sandman has pupils in his eyes. Mm. Because it kind of humanizes him a lot more. All the other Endless kind of had like human eyes except for him. Mm. Yeah. Because the character has this detachment to humans and the whole comic book is about him understanding humanity humanity and emotions and all of that stuff after being trapped for so long. So it was just that that kind of threw me off a bit. (gasps) But it looks legit. But I mean, other than that, though, the visual, yes. that one visual that that teaser ended with, it's basically Tom, Tom Sturges. Tom. Tom, like, you know, like with the like the light, the lighting, his cheekbones, cheekbones. like the whole, I was like, that is, that is Morpheus right there. Like I have to admit, when I first heard about the casting, I was a little mm, bit skeptical. Exactly. And then when I actually saw him, Ooh. like, you know what? Take my money. <laughs> I mean, I mean, when they first thought of the idea of Sandman, like way back, I think one of the top names everyone was talking about at that time was uh, Joseph Gordon-Levitt, yes. mm-hmm. who yep. I guess can. But like now, looking at this image, I'm like, no, 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 no. no, no. And no, I think he was Tom. trying to head up the project in the first place. That's yeah. why he was cast. Yes. Yeah. But right now, I can't imagine anyone else play the role. And was that supposed to be a movie or a series? I think it was supposed to be a film. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. I think so. And I think the fact that this is going to be a Netflix series is going to really, you know, do it justice in terms of fleshing out yes. the source material. Yeah. Yes. Oh, yeah. yeah. Like, that, that's the question I want to pose. Like, would this work better as a series or a yeah. film? Because to me, a series would definitely work, not mm. a film. Unless you're planning to do, like, a trilogy of films. Yeah. 
So what's DC's strategy on that? So like we know Disney, we know Marvel, so they have obviously all the feature films and now to complement that, they have the series on Disney Plus and it's a huge push for Disney Plus itself. And I can see DC and Warner Bros. doing the same with HBO Max. So what's the strategy right now that DC is taking when it comes to movies and series? I don't know. To me, that's tricky because to me, the biggest difference between Marvel and DC, even in comics days, is that DC is an amalgamation and a conglomerate. DC is under Warner Brothers, Mm. number one which is under a bigger parent company. And then the DC characters themselves were bought up from different comic properties from the 30s and 40s. So there's always been like this weird rights issue and also like who leads what. So there's never been a unifying vision, which is why so many crises happen to try and fix everything every couple of decades. You know, like when you see something like Sandman and Sandman's on Netflix. Yes. You know, and if you look at it in the comics history of it, Sandman was on an imprint of DC called Vertigo. Mm. You know, which now no longer exists. So it's interesting how you see Sandman on Netflix, mm-hmm. not on HBO Max. And yeah. then there's been industry-wise the issue where HBO Max wants the Snyderverse to exist. Mm. But Warner Brothers movie and TV arm doesn't want the Snyderverse to exist. Mm. Yeah. And then you've had the issues of Warner Brothers movie imposing rules on CW TV mm-hmm. arm, mm-hmm. you know, because like in Arrow, they were building up the Suicide Squad and they even teased Harley Quinn. Yeah. And then the second Warner Brothers was making a Suicide Squad movie, mm-hmm. they all died. Yeah, they literally the killed Amanda assist. Waller <laughs> yeah. and they got rid of the Suicide Squad, which they built up for like two seasons. Yeah, and so that's the problem. You can sense this identity crisis and it mm. comes from a lack of leadership and unanimous mm. decision, right? And you lack mm. that Kevin Feige there. That's why you can have something, I don't know, like is Gotham even still screening no it's ended already. Uh, Gotham closed up its season yeah. yeah right but I remember when I watched it, it felt like a soap opera it's so different yes. from like watching Arrow or like the new Sarkin and different different networks yeah exactly that was the CW and then I think Gotham's on Fox I think so yeah I it mean, was a completely different network yeah. 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 if you're going to be talking about looks as well yeah. the thing is right now also that's another issue that they're going through which again with the Arrowverse like Superman and, and Lewis mm-hmm. that's still on CW but it looks so drastically different so than different. any other Arrowverse no show yeah and I love that Superman and Lewis I love the fact that they condense it into a relatively short season and the stories are told differently right it's more yeah. grounded it's not the bad guy of the week kind of Mm. Who is getting it right for that show specifically? Who's behind it? I, I want to say it's the same people as the other films, uh, other series. Is it the actually. same showrunners? Is it, is it part of the Berlanti verse? Greg Berlanti and oh. yeah, I, I feel it is. Because I felt when they showed the trailer for so- Superman and Lois, I was like, is this going to be the new look for CW? Mm. But then I saw that the Flash was still the same. So I was like, oh, okay. <laughs> but so maybe they are slowly moving in that direction, perhaps. They're trying something new with Superman and Lois. And as the other seasons are wrapping up, maybe they will head in that direction eventually with the new ones. Because Batwoman is a similar like anamorphic look as well yeah at least the first season was I didn't watch anything past um, that then they retcon no they changed the but... character yeah yeah speaking of which like you're talking about series there's this thing that came out in DC fandom called Naomi oh yeah Naomi yeah what is that I have no idea but it looks interesting <laughs> yeah I didn't see that either like Naomi, I saw it pop up but I didn't watch the trailer that and DMZ oh DMZ, oh, DMZ I know DMZ is yeah. a Vertigo comic mm. yeah DMZ is a pretty cool Vertigo comic beautiful artwork by Jock I think. But Naomi, I don't know. Naomi. So there was a text like Superman's <laughs> in the, the city, right? In my head, I said, there's no way you're going to show Superman in this trailer. It's going to be a flyby. And true to form, it was just a flyby. But it exists in that universe, I guess. 
Like, do you guys remember Vanessa Hudgens was in a short-lived TV series? With Alan Tudyk. Yes, with Alan yes. Tudyk. Where it was basically dealing with the mess that DC superheroes left behind. Yeah. A shortly lived season. When was this? Yeah, yeah it was like, I, th- I don't even know if it got a full season. Yeah, very shortly lived. Uh, no, I think it did get a full season, but yeah. it was cancelled after the first uh, season. Uh, Powerless, that's what Powerless, it was called. Yeah. Right. And now it flashes movie. Does that open up an entirely new multiverse where they acknowledge? No, but they're all interconnected. So you didn't watch the TV series. There was this crisis on Infinite Earths yeah. where they, they kind of you know established that they all exist in this multiverse, yeah. right? Right down to the Flash from the movie. Ezra, right. yeah. yeah. Oh, He Ezra. appeared on the Flash the TV series. Because Ezra Miller met Grant Gustin, yeah. yeah. Ah. So you didn't watch it, but yeah. it was brilliant. They tied it even right up to the 1966 Batman, I want to say. Yeah, they took every property they could get the people from. Mm-hmm. So even the short-lived Birds of Prey TV Birds show, Prey. Mm. they were there because the whole premise of the thing was some interdimensional dimensional being was destroying different multiverses so just like in the comics it was kind of a way to clean up shop yeah you know so it's like okay birds of prey did exist but they're gone now so we kill them all right <laughs> you know um and the lines are thin yeah so if ezra miller's flash could appear in the series flash could we also see this flash from the series appear in ezra maybe miller's movie because i mean it really felt like when ezra miller appeared it had something to do with the movie. Yeah. Because if you remember in the Zack Snyderverse, Barry Allen is not called The Flash. No one yeah. has come up with the name The Flash. He hadn't named himself yeah. yet. Yeah. So then when he meets Grant Gustin, like, like... Who are you? I'm The Flash. He's like, The Flash, the that's Fla- a cool name. A, yeah. yeah. And they're both like comparing each other's suits, suits and, and stuff. Yeah. It's like, yeah. oh. you know? I think that influence carried over into the film. Interesting. And so was the Golden Boots from, like, <laughs> how did the Golden Boots appear? Like, was he jealous that was he didn't have Golden Boots? Did Ezra Miller's uh, Flash no, have no, Golden no. Boots? It looked like Ezra no. Miller was jealous that, like, oh, yours looks really comfortable. comfortable. <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> okay, interesting. Well, speaking about CW shows, Supergirl, final season. Oh, yeah. Final, final, final season. Final season, yeah. yeah. We're ending. God. Uh, <laughs> Did you see the interview? What was that Brainiac's character? I felt bad that he couldn't get out of his makeup. <laughs> I was just talking about that. Like, everyone seemed like they were in their normal, yeah. out-of-work clothes. And then there's Brainiac in one corner. Like, I still have my makeup on, guys. Like, could we have not done this later or something? Would it be really sucky if they actually wanted to put something on his face, but then nobody Aww. realized they couldn't do it in time for fandom? Because literally, it was only his face. I think it was one of those cases because you know how he was saying earlier like everyone looked like they were forced to do this. Mm. And he was forced to do it in between takes? Yeah. Like (laughs) come right off after set. Everyone else well I'm just wearing a costume I can take it off and he's there like if I have to take this makeup off we have to wait four hours so I'll just leave it on. (laughs) Yeah and that's the thing. No because fandom happened in daytime right? Pre-recorded right? The thing is the fandom is obviously pre-recorded. Right. Everything. The Rock's message was so clear it's almost like he was running for politics and he's just go he goes like I was born to play Black Adam. (laughs) And clearly you haven't seen the Young Rock series. No, I haven't. Yeah. I, I, yeah. No, but it was also orchestrated, oh, right? Yeah. Like he was like clearly hyping it up the whole thing. Like he's almost setting expectations so high for the Black Adam movie. If it's not good, we're all going to feel like, what is this, right? Mm. Speaking about The Rock, 
he's also in Super Pets. Yes. Like he's playing Crypto the Super Dog. Mm. Him and Kevin Hart. And uh, yep. Kevin Hart is Ace the Bad Hound. That's Jumanji Tree. Yeah, right exactly. There. Essentially, right? <laughs> They're just leveraging on all these successful people, successful actors, and they just, okay, this is DC. That's it. But everything feels different, right? Okay, like talking about Suicide Squad. So James Gunn coming from Guardians of Galaxy, it must have been so different for him. Yeah. yeah. He must be like, this is not how I remember it being in Marvel. Like, did he get the chance to do a movie that he wanted to? I think so, because <laughs> with that yeah. one, you can tell that, you know, second Marvel's like, you messed up, go sit in the corner, you know? <laughs> and the corner turned out to be DC. Yeah, so, you know, DC comes over and from every interview I've seen so far, like, he was very obviously given free reign. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> because I think that was an opportunity DC did not want to uh, miss out on. Yes. It's like, the dude that did a different type of Marvel movie is available. Yeah. He took all these ridiculous characters. Yeah. Yeah. And turned them into something. And one thing that I found really interesting, there was an interview he did about the Peacemaker series. Mm. And when you see his insight of what he feels the Peacemaker character is, mm. that's when I realized like, okay, this is why he's so good at what he does. Because to him, he doesn't see Peacemaker as a stupid character. Mm. Yeah. To him, he's like, look at what he's dressed as. He's craving for attention. This person... Mm. He sees yeah. the humanity in this like outrageously outlandish character, yeah. right? Yeah. And you can tell like he can see that in the Guardians of the Galaxy characters. Yeah. Mm. He can see it in these other characters and manages to write them really well. Could it be argued also that like Suicide Squad is to DC what Guardians of the Galaxy is to Marvel? Because they seem like the same like misfit types of like... Kind of. Yeah, like, because yeah. Suicide Squad... Lesser known, maybe... And, Especially with Suicide Squad, you can change the team anytime you want. Mm. So you have that free reign. Yeah. Because in the comics, different writers have taken it to a serious direction, some to, you know, a more political agenda, and some for like really silly fun. Mm. It's one of those properties where you can do so much with. Yeah. So I'm pretty sure when they thought, okay, we can get James Gunn, this is the safest property to give him. <laughs> <laughs> Do you think they learned from the mistake they made with David Ayer with the first one? Like not giving him the full freedom? Hard to say. Yeah. Because yeah, at the end of the day, they're still a company, yeah. you know? Yeah. Every decision they made on David Ayer's one, you know it was a company decision. Like that's the annoying thing when you have shareholders making big decisions yes. as opposed to a showrunner. Yeah. I think in the early days especially of the DCEU it was obvious that Warner Brothers was looking over at Marvel and what they were doing and getting scared which is why they made all these decisions and instead of letting their directors do things they were like no 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 Marvel's making a whole load of money we need to make a whole load of money too this is how you do it instead of actually understanding what Marvel was doing how, how they were they were achieving yes. the success that they were doing they just went at it with Again, a studio mentality. Like, yes. Like this is this is yeah. that's why they're banking on all of these, as you said, like you know, like like Kevin Hart and The Rock, right? This this mm. partnership. They're just banking on all of these people. Yeah. The same way that you know studios have banked on famous stars and famous directors from the get go, right? So that's that's how they operated, and so I guess that's how they're going to continue to try and operate. Like I mean, you look at the early days of Marvel, especially they got Robert Downey Jr., who essentially. Made a comeback. Made a comeback from that. They hired an Australian actor that nobody had ever heard of as Thor. Mm. They got Chris Evans, who was essentially branded as a party boy back then to play Captain America. These are not names that you associated mm. with the roles, but it worked. And they made it work instead of finding big names to sell their films. They and it was knew. also a business decision, though. Mm. It's a very clever business decision because... They were cheap. Yeah. At the you time. think about it, like you get someone like James Gunn or Taika Waititi, they can't command big box office contracts yet. Mm. But they all have the potential mm. to create big box offices. Like yeah. the guys, the Russo brothers, mm. they came from community and arrested development. Yeah. 
you just watch community and you can see there's potential there. So you get them on the cheap and you only have to start paying them big bucks when you renew the contract. Mm. So it's still very clever business decisions. Right. Mm. But there's also a very valid creative point behind it. Mm. Whereas with DC, it is kind of business first. They have to make those box office monies. And they're banking on star power. Yeah, yeah no, 100%. And it seems like they're just playing catch up at this point because mm. they released Man of Steel and then it was Batman versus Superman and then it was Justice League. Like, where are all the other movies mm. that are meant to come before? They rush through it. Yes, they just, yeah. oh, okay, there's Avengers 2 now. There's going to be a third Avengers movie. We need our Justice League out. And then what you got was a really awful Justice League movie. Yes. Speaking yeah. of Justice League, I just want to go into Injustice for a second. Do you guys see mm-hmm. Injustice? Yeah, I saw the Red Band trailer. Oh, you've not seen the movie yet? I haven't seen the full movie yet. No, mm-hmm. Is it out? I've only seen the trailer. Yeah, it's yeah, out already. already. So I'm curious because the video game storyline is brilliant. Mm. Yeah. You know, I thought oh, it was a really yeah. interesting take. And you're going to hear I'm, the movie. <laughs> I'm kind of wondering how the movie's going to work out. Like, Gary, you've seen it. I've seen it, yeah. What's your take on it? I wish they didn't rush it in 120 minutes. Oh. Or is it, was it 117 minutes or something? Oh. Yeah. Because I'm familiar with the video game. I'm familiar with the comics that followed thereafter. And mm. gosh, I think they just rushed through it. I wish it didn't. Ah, damn. Oh, that's a shame. Yeah. Does it need the Snyder card? <laughs> <laughs> no, no. I mean, I wish they did it in like two parts, right? Like the long Halloween part one, part mm. two. Brilliantly fleshed out. Injustice, if they wanted to do an animated movie, they should do it part one, part two as well. And I think it would have worked. Was it based more on the Injustice comic or the video game cutscenes? So it's a lot based on the video games uh, in terms of even their moves and all that uh, certain key elements of that the suits were I guess adapted also from the video games but animated in, in that sense okay what do you guys look forward most from this new is this this new phase of DC do they call it a phase and what, what are you looking forward most to? that's the thing they don't have phases they just release films <laughs> <laughs> yeah so there's no sort sort of order to it it's just like hey this is this is what's coming out now mm-hmm. like nowadays I don't think of DC as a joint universe anymore yeah. You know, it's just like, okay, which movies do I want to watch? Mm. Which characters do I want to follow? Which TV shows do I want to follow? Like, if they cross over, cool. But it was only with the CW shows in the beginning mm. where I was like, well, it doesn't make sense that you don't cross over mm. because The Flash was born out of the Arrow series. Mm. The idea that, wait, the fastest man alive can't come over and <laughs> say what's up to Oliver Queen is a bit weird. Yeah. Like, a lot of times in the Arrow series, when there's been that moment where we need to fix something very quickly. (laughs) So they don't even get Grant Gustin. It's just Oliver Queen makes a call. And then they just get a wind machine. just, And then the problem gets fixed. So it all happens off screen. Yeah. (laughs) You know, so like stuff like that makes sense. It's when they started expanding it more. You know, you could see they were biting off like... What as always happens, they're biting off more than they can chew. Yeah. Yeah. You know, because there were so many things that you felt odd that why wouldn't this person come in to help that? Like the very first season of Supergirl was super strange because Warner Brothers have this weird thing where when it comes to their holy trinity, as it were, of Superman, Batman, Wonder Woman, they're very careful about where they place them. Yeah, they're regarded about their characters. First season of Supergirl, it was this very obvious moment where, like the whole season, she was just texting Clark Kent. (laughs) But it was a very obvious moment where like, your cousin really needs to come and help the situation. It took a long time before they finally cast someone as Superman. And then (laughs) took another long time before they finally went, okay, I think he can have a TV show. Yeah. But we still haven't seen Batman anywhere. No, we've just got stuntman Batman. You either get Bruce Wayne and mm. Teen Titans, 
And in the CW universe, Batman has disappeared. The Arrow doesn't even believe Batman's real. Oh, yeah. So... <laughs> right. And exactly on that, right, on the movie side, Shazam had, again, a stunt double of Henry Cavill appear as Superman with his head off, right? Mm. So, like, what's the situation now with Superman? Yeah. We still don't know if Cavill is still playing yes. Superman. There is a rumor that he will still be there. Where? Uh, simply because The Rock demands it. Because, uh. <laughs> okay, so The Rock wants yeah, the whole Vin Diesel-esque up. Like. Since we're talking about Shazam, I gotta say, Shazam, Fury of the Gods. I'm mm. excited for that. The behind-the-scenes, Lucy Liu. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. And especially <laughs> the the tone that they got with the Shazam movie. Oh. The first one was mm -hmm. beautiful. Like, yeah. Because I love the fact it was set in Christmas. Yeah. The only thing I feel bad for is like, wow, yeah. these kids have grown up. Yeah. So fast, right? I do not recognize <laughs> that who came out. I'm like, where's he from again? Yeah, I <laughs> I felt so bad because I'm like, oh, who's this? I'm like, that's Billy Batson? Oh, wait, no. You're, you're tall. Exactly. What <laughs> They've all had a growth spurt. <laughs> like... I mean, I guess it's more believable that he come, becomes Zachary Levi. Still. <laughs> <laughs> so what, are you, what are you guys looking forward most to? What do you think is going to be great? What's going to be the best thing that comes out from everything that they've teased in the DC fandom? For me, okay, here's the thing. I know the Batman is the biggest thing to come out, but I am really putting high mm -hmm. hopes on the Flash film. Yeah. Simply because... Keaton and the Batmobile yeah. like oh that last bit when they uncovered like oh it's a car what's <laughs> under the sheet what could it be I'm like show me the Batmobile yeah. that, that was my Batmobile that's one of my favourite Batmobiles so to see that on screen again I think is that nostalgia hit again yeah. it's like oh my childhood so I think that's the film that I personally am most looking forward to what is coming up for you guys what are your hopes and plans and some of the projects that you guys are working on I mean I guess like just keep doing the podcast doing more weird YouTube stuff. Yeah. yeah. I have some strange plans for it because Geeks in Malaysia is kind of like my area of experimentation before I take things out into the real world. We'll see. Some which might happen. I don't mm. know. We have, you know, Geeks Go Retro, which is where we play retro games. And in the year, we're hoping to wrap that up with a collaboration with another podcast. So look out for that. And yeah, so next year will be our 10th anniversary. No idea if we have anything special planned. We still have time to think about it because yeah. we're still trying to process what's been happening for the last two years in this pandemic. Yeah. I'm trying to keep sane. So yeah. I mean, that's the thing with us. We take it as it comes. And as much as we try and plan, we feel like everything that comes out of us organically works best. We, we just do things that we like and that's fun for us. Although we are looking forward to having a year-end wrap-up. And maybe we'll also have unboxing blooper. Oh, yes. React <laughs> to. preparing an unboxing blooper. Yeah. Because we did. Mm. Yeah. yeah. We're basically just as reactive as Warner Brothers in DC, but without thinking about profit. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. 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 Well, Nick, Emilia, Kai, thank you so much for coming on our podcast. This is part two of part one. Check out Geeks on their podcast as well. Do you want to plug your social medias? Thank you guys for having us, yes. first of all. It's been a great honor. Yes. You can find us on Facebook, Instagram, on Twitter at Geeks in Malaysia. You can also find us on YouTube and Spotify, YouTube, uh, Geeks in Malaysia. And of course, if you'd like to give us some love, you can head to ko-fi.com slash Geeks in Malaysia. Definitely follow them on YouTube. They could use the following. Yes. <laughs> yes. On that note, that's all the time we have for this episode. Until next time, take care. Bye. Goodbye. Goodbye.